We're recording this at 7.30 on June 24th, 2019, so by the time you hear this, Mitch Marner has already bought his first speedboat. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that just can't get enough hockey, which is why we're recording again one week after our season finale, as it were. There was a draft, so we had to record again. So here we are. We're back. Uh, yeah, we took a whole week off for the off season, and now officially the 2019-2020 season. There's a lot of 20s as going around. But yeah, it's going to be confusing for at least two years. All right. Well, anyways, the next season that starts in 2019 has already begun. So here we are. <laughs> we made it. Is that how that works? The season starts immediately after the draft. Uh, yeah, like I feel like that's the starting of this season. Does it start when the guest host gets up on the award show stage and we all cringe a little bit at how terrible it is? <laughs> is that when it, the season officially starts? I think that might be it. Well, semantics, I would say that's the still part of last season. <laughs> those are all awards for last season. That, that's the dregs of last season yeah okay yeah anyways there was a draft there we, was a draft. yeah we watched some of it most of it most of it yeah yeah uh i fell asleep watching most of day two but uh after you know a few of those trades went through and all the exciting sp- stuff happened and then it was just you know names at the bottom of the list but uh people that might very well be made up <clears throat> we have no idea no way of knowing really or they might be the next Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. Exactly. I don't know. Let's, I guess, just talk about how we think our teams fared. So do you want to start with how you think the Flames did? Definitely. Now, like, before we start, I think I speak for both of us when I say we're so far from experts on junior players it's not even funny. (laughs) Sure. I, I just assumed that people knew based on how far away we are from being experts at like the professional level <laughs> ergo we must be even that much further from experts yeah, exactly. at any other level like i i think i accidentally watched a sarnia sting game once <laughs> when i thought there was a flames game on and i turned on the tv and i was like that's weird they have cool jerseys though but uh everything that i'm going to regurgitate has come from people who f- know far more than me so i've just kind of absorbed their knowledge and i'm spitting it back out in my own words so take it for what it's worth That's so fair. yeah the flames had five picks at the draft the team would regularly go in with seven there being seven rounds but flames traded a couple away i'm not going to go through every single pick because you can go watch tsn if you want that the flames picked in the first round at number 26 and the kid they picked up is named jacob peltier and with our first selection from Moncton of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Jacob Pelche. And I've loved everything I've heard about this pick. Now, naturally, they're not going to bash the kid in the first few days after he's been drafted and bemoan this draft pick, but everything I've heard has been praising how competitive he is, how much he wants to win, how he gets in the tough areas of the ice, and that's a pretty big deal for a guy that's on the smaller end of an NHL player. They say he's 5'9 or 5'10. And uh, apparently he just gets in there and works like a dog. And when he was interviewed by the team, they asked, why should we draft you instead of anyone else? And he immediately answered, because I want to win a Stan- or I will win a Stanley Cup. Just flat out. That takes cojones. Yeah, that does. <laughs> answer like that. And apparently the Flames really liked that, so they picked him up. So... I'm on board with him. I do enjoy 
keeping tabs, loose tabs on players after they've been drafted by the Flames. I like to see kind of how their seasons are going, and it'll be much the same with this guy. I think I have special interest in him because they made a pretty big deal about how competitive he is and how he might be a steal because he's a little smaller stature. He's not tiny, but the experts think he may have slipped a little bit because of his size, and he's in a in the QMJHL, which is less players are picked from there it's not an inferior league by any means but it's uh less players tend to be picked from there the flames could have a really interesting prospect there which they need because a lot of their players have made it up to the big team so they really need to get some young kids into the system so i'm excited to see how that pans out uh the 88th overall pick is a guy named Ilya nikolaev from russia he played for a team called Yaroslavl, which I think is just a great name for... Well, that's a city. Yeah, but there's a team there. So. Well, yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he plays for the Yaroslavl Yaroslavls, I assume. That's a good assumption. Yeah. And apparently he was a... He's on a line with a couple of high-powered other kids, one of whom who got drafted 10th overall by Vancouver. And he seems to be the kind of, he's kind of the responsible one. He's a good setup man. He's a solid center. And that's what I like to hear, that the Flames are sniffing out skill and talent, but they're also looking for the guys that are the responsible ones. Because you always need players like that. And uh, apparently he reiterated his focus on defense to the team, said that one of his role models was Patrice Bergeron. Actually, a couple guys they picked said their role models were Patrice Bergeron, which I am always okay with. Yeah, that's going to be a better league because of that. Yeah, they're going to take defense seriously and win face-offs, or at least try to win face-offs. So the Flames really seem to stick to that kind of mold, really hardworking, high skill, just uber competitive, and hate losing, which may sound like it applies to every player in the draft, but I don't think it does. I think that there's some guys that probably take it a little easier, don't have quite the engine, or can coast at times, and rely on talent. But the Flames are looking for guys that never just rely on talent and work super hard all of the time. And I think that's a good way to go. Obviously, my money's not on all five of these guys making it to the NHL. I think that's excessively rare. Maybe it's never happened. I didn't look up the stats on that, as per usual. But if you look for guys that work super hard, I think it increases your chances slightly to get more guys in the NHL because they just won't give up until they're completely sure that they'll never make it to the show instead of coasting on their talent and then suddenly realizing they're too late. So I really like their approach. For me, the size of the player doesn't matter. They didn't pick a single guy over six feet tall, and I'm okay with that because... Being three inches or two inches taller doesn't mean you're going to be a better player or be a better hitter. So, for me, I think they had a good, solid draft. I totally agree with what they're looking for, and I'm excited to see what kind of stats these guys can keep putting up in their respective leagues over the next couple of years. So, we watched the first round together the first night. Yep. And uh, so as the Oilers posse was going up towards the stage. <laughs> the posse, that's a good word for it. You know, that, that's what they have, right? Every team has their posse going up, uh, run by some small child, obviously. Yeah. That's the only explanation for the, children being there. The ringleader. So as they were walking up, I believe what I said to you was, 
I would like them to take Spencer Knight or Philip Roberg, but that's not going to happen. I believe that's the words that I used. Yeah, you did say that. And uh, within seconds, they took Philip Roberg as their first pick. With the eighth pick in the draft, the Edmonton Oilers select from AIK Sweden, Philip Roberg. So, obviously, I'm happy. Nailed it. It seems like, you know, most of Edmonton isn't, but when are they ever? (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I think when you're in number one or number two, then you take the all-star for sure. You take the best player available. You take the Hughes and the Kako. But after that, especially when there's not a ton of depth, like, you know, there was a a point of mystery after one and two this year. So after that point, if there's no immediate all-star like i don't see anything wrong with taking what your team needs as opposed to just finding the best skill player which i've seen in the past with the oilers we just kind of oh he's the fun skill guy that will sell tickets which obviously we need to do everyone needs to do it you got one of those you yeah got a good one yeah we got a couple of those guys right like people are still buying tickets in edmonton <laughs> you know and they will clearly forever <laughs> nothing will stop that <laughs> So anyways, I, I thought that was a good pick at that point in the draft to take a big, strong defense uh, guy. You know, we're not sacrificing our back end just to pick these high-talented scorers, which I think we have a lot of. But everyone else in Edmonton and on the forums and chat bars or whatever the heck chat they're bars. called, they obviously think differently than me. But anyway, I thought he was a good pick. After that, uh, Lavoie, I believe is the pronunciation. I don't know. Lavoie? Lav- I don't know. Lavoie no might be. Might be. Anyways, he, he had dropped uh, quite a bit. He was expected to be taken in round mm-hmm. one yeah. on the first night. Um, we ended up taking him in round two. So, obviously, there is some risk there because that's why people weren't willing to take him the first night. Uh, I've heard some stuff about consistency and not attitude is the right word but it's just something about effort yeah just kind of taking it easy like you said not everyone is a workaholic and for the most part i'm totally with you i would rather take somebody who's working hard that you can teach the skills to than you know someone who's just naturally good but doesn't put in the effort regardless this guy seemed to slide a little bit um but at that point where we were in the second round by then he's a steal so uh you know it was a risk that one team had to take and i think it was a risk worth taking we'll ultimately see what happens with him but uh like i said at at that point in the draft it's a pretty good steal later on uh we picked up a goalie i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his (laughs) name okay i will try to pronounce it hang on give it a shot Kanavalov. Kanavalov? Sure. That doesn't sound Russian of Kanavalov. Kanavalov. Anyways, uh, Mr. K, I apologize for butchering your name. So uh, I'm glad we picked up a goalie here. He wasn't uh, one of the top-ranked goalies. I think he was maybe fourth of the European goalies ranked. Still pretty good. I'll take it. Uh, Again, it's a hole that Edmonton obviously has. He's not going to fill our, you know, starter position (laughs) this year or anything like that. But uh, as far as even depth in our roster or in our minor leagues, we do need goaltending. We do need to work on that a bit more. So I'm glad we took a goalie, and I'm glad we got what we got in those first few rounds. 
Beyond round three, though, uh, I leave it up to the experts, uh, <laughs> you know, and like hindsight to find those miracle Datsuks and Zetterbergs because I have no clue what goes on beyond round three. It's just like, oh, that's a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy. There's a guy drafted by the Rangers named Hunter Skinner, which was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I feel kind of sorry for him, but at the same time, it's pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'd say. I was going to say, I agree with you when you talk about Lavoie slash Lavoie. Could be either one. Yeah, you want to take players that work hard and everything, but when someone that is supposed to go high and has that much skill falls for a while, he's going to be picked at some point right. by some team. So why not pick him with your spot if he's kind of just fallen into your lap? I agree with that. So I heard that he was, you know, he was supposed to be picked around where the Flames picked in the 20s, potentially. But, I mean, he fell into Edmonton's laps later in the second round. So why not take a stab at him? That might turn out amazing. It might not, as most draft picks go. Yep. I was also going to ask you, because you said you'd rather fill a need than pick the most skilled player. So the term best player available gets thrown around a lot. Do you think, based on what you said do you think a team should actually pick for what they need rather than the consensus best player what do you what do you feel about that yeah again if there's a generational talent if you will and i did air quotes even though this is an audio only podcast (laughs) i saw them can confirm if there is a generational talent available you take it no questions asked like if we had 900 centermen and zero defenders when Connor McDavid was up, I would never have said no. We shouldn't take Connor McDavid because <laughs> yeah. we don't have room for him. You always take that. But after that, you know, you got to build your whole team, right? And I'm not saying you pick up things that you need today because the Oilers do need, well, pretty much everything. (laughs) There's quite a few pieces the Oilers of current roster are missing. But uh, you do need to build the depth into your farm system, into your development. Uh, So I do think, I do believe in picking for building an entire franchise as opposed to just taking best skill available (laughs) though again there are exceptions to that yeah i actually disagree with you mostly because my team doesn't do that (laughs) but partially because i think that you really want to take what you truly believe will have the best chance of working out irregardless of the position because actually the flames haven't drafted a defenseman with their last 13 picks now as we know they have a lot of really good young defensemen right now in Calgary, but their farm team is completely devoid of really good young defensemen, so they could use some, but they still haven't picked any in a long time. And I still am not really perturbed by that, because if you take the player you really believe has the best chance of succeeding, regardless of the position, then you can trade them to get other players who are farther along in their development, and you can more easily peg if they're going to suit you. So... What I'm trying to say is you can acquire the pieces you need later on because you're never exactly sure how Mm -hmm. things are going to work out, I think, in my opinion, because the Flames down the road might stumble onto a bunch of defensemen and not need any. And, oh, crap, we drafted a bunch of defensemen and now we're totally full. I think it's in such fluctuation that just go for what you think is the best. This draft, the Flames probably, if they did go by need, they would probably need 
couple defensemen, really needed right wingers, but they went almost entirely centers and left wingers. <laughs> so they're really stocked on that, and I can't say I totally disagree. Just because I'd be scared to go the uh, need route and then draft someone who's not going to be very good just because you thought you might need them. Yeah, that's true. I, I would agree with a couple of things you said there. So I guess I'm just adding more caveats to my th- belief in positioning, taking for your position. Like, if you have you know what you're looking at you're looking at a pool of players in the range right you've got you know five to ten players when your pick comes up if you see ones that are in your position but don't have necessarily as much of a high guarantee though that none of them are always guaranteed none of them are guaranteed at all you don't see as much of a chance of them making it you see there's a lot more risk involved then that surely is a factor that weighs that can outweigh the positional need so i don't think position overtakes everything by any means i just do appreciate seeing that Ken Holland is using that as a consideration as opposed to not at all, just completely ignoring it. So uh, I thought it was a good sign for him to show, look, we're committed to building a good defensive core as opposed to we're just picking up the stars and hoping things work out for us later, which is what we've seen in the past from the Oilers. That's fair. I've always got time for a guy named Broberg from Oro Bro. That's that's I'm totally fine with anybody drafting him. We slightly discussed during the first round. We noticed there was a lot of American players going, and we got to discuss America. They're really creeping up on us in terms of hockey skill. Now we made fun of this a little bit because it's totally ridiculous, but. A lot of players got drafted from a program called the USNDTP, or... Rolls off the tongue. <clears throat> yeah, it's very, very easy to say. The United States National Development Team Program. Development... Yep, that seems right. Yep, okay. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. They, players from that program constituted seven of the first 15 picks in the draft. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, by the end of the first round, the Canadian-born players had caught up in terms of numbers, but that many players from a single program going that high in the draft seems a little unprecedented, and it seems like that's clearly a very good program to get into. When we were seeing this, we also kind of brought up the question, how many of these guys do you think are actually going to succeed? Because how many are the true stars, are the true players, and how many are um, benefiting from their teammates... From being on the same team yeah, as Hughes. from their teammates' <laughs> skills. Now, obviously, Jack Hughes went first, and yeah. pretty confident that he's <laughs> he's one of the better players. But then, Cole Caulfield, five foot seven, probably 160-pound soaking wet Cole Caulfield, Johnny Gaudreau-sized, went 14th overall behind most of his teammates that were already selected uh he had 72 goals 28 assists and 100 points in 64 games in that program and he went you know second last out of his teammates on that program so 
Do you think that he would have been one of the drivers on that team? Us who've never watched the program, obviously. Right. Do you think that he was completely shunned because he's five foot seven? I, I mean, completely shunned. He got picked 14th, so he's right. obviously a good player. But comparatively to the compared rest. to the rest of his teammates, do you think it's just because he's short, or do you think teams are seeing that maybe he's not the one? It, it could be that those who actually watch the game see like the you know you place a cardboard cutout on with the Sedines and <laughs> yeah. they get seventy points right. Uh, so it could be that they're seeing that, but I definitely noticed a lot of size arguments being made this year. I don't know if that was more than usual. I can't say I was keeping count or anything, <laughs> yeah. but there was a there was quite a few players who were supposed to go a little bit higher up, but seemed to have dropped and. And size was kind of always being speculated. So maybe it was his size. Maybe everyone else knows he's comparatively a cardboard cutout. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, what kind of percentage, because those are unfathomable numbers yeah. for that development team to be producing in one year. So it'll be really interesting to see if, you know, what kind of percentage of those are making. Uh, it a couple years down the road. I also heard that Jack Hughes, he was born in Orlando, but his family moved to Toronto when he was still pretty young, and then he tried to get into the OHL, and apparently he was refused when he was 15, and he went back down and played for the U.S., whatever, whatever program, which he got <laughs> drafted from. That's kind of sad that... Uh, he got kind of punted from the OHL or CHL consideration and ended up in the U.S. Jack Hughes, some of us still might think of you as Canadian. It's okay. <laughs> we know deep down that you're you're Canadian. There is a fun story. I've read quite a few articles on it because a lot of journalists picked up on it. Uh, it has to do with the Flames' seventh-round pick. His name is Dustin Wolf. He's a goalie. And the reason he's a seventh-round pick is because he's under six feet tall. Now, you may think, wow, he must be a real tiny goalie for him not to get picked till the seventh round. No, he's five foot eleven. He's barely under six feet. He has spectacular numbers. He has a 93% save percentage for his team, the Everett Silvertips. He has the best goaltending stats of any player that or any goalie that got drafted this year. But he went he got picked with two hundred and fourteenth overall, so that's the fourth last pick in the draft in the seventh round, because he is an inch under six feet. And apparently that makes a huge difference. But that's not what the story is. It's kind of funny that to me that he dropped that far because he's under six feet, but that's not the point. The point is, at the end of the draft like that, probably in the last few rounds, the building's pretty empty by that point. They're just kind of going through the picks. There's The executives are there, and I don't even know. Do they get up on the stage and announce them, or is it just kind of... No, they just kind of call in from their table yeah, at that point. They just kind of call it in, and it's probably intercom to everyone, so they know what's going on. And fourth last pick, Calgary... Calgary sends in their pick and gets announced. Dustin Wolf from Everett has been picked. And apparently the stands just went crazy. This little pocket of people and Dustin. Dustin and his friends and family and everybody were there 
just like going crazy. Apparently, like scared the flames half to death because they had no idea that these people were there. So they were like, "Oh my goodness, kids here!" So they brought him down to the table, did all that. They got his official pictures done, and they had all the the friends and family down and talked to them. And apparently, as soon as he got picked, there's a there's a fan store up on the concourse. And apparently, as soon as he got picked, some like uncles and relatives and friends went up and immediately bought flames jerseys, and they all came down and were wearing them. How awesome is that? though that they drove up from Everett where they actually live all these people Everett Washington they drove up to Vancouver for the draft they sat through seven rounds which was five hours four or yeah, five hours like they sat there and waited he had amazing stats they had no idea where he would go at all they had no indication fourth last pick he got drafted and everyone went ballistic <laughs> I thought that was really cool it was really funny it's kind of funny to me because you just assume that these kids are at home if you're like that low in the draft if you're not in the first round i assume you would just kind of chill at home and wait (laughs) wait to hear the announcement but he was there and he got this really cool experience and i really hope he goes pulls a henrik lundqvist second round goalie and just knocks everyone's socks off because i can't see how missing a couple couple inches as a goalie would really make that big of a difference but uh, I really hope he succeeds because that's a fun story and I would like to hear it told, you know, 20 years from now when he's... At his Hall of Fame induction. At his Hall of Fame induction, <laughs> yeah. Very cool story. Totally agree. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, we will be back again in only a couple more short weeks because free agency is not a frenzy because I think that's copyrighted by TSN. But anyways, come back and listen to us jabber about that uh, probably a few days after july 1st i'm sure we'll do another episode so stay tuned subscribe review follow us on twitter and all that and uh, we'll be sure to keep you posted i've been Stuart jones with me was darren pletz our theme song is lose your head by apache tomcat thanks again for listening have a great one